Alex Jones is back on Twitter, Gene Editing Superpowers, and the top Google searches of 2023, what will they be? This is the Propaganda Report's Drive Time News Blast. I am Brad Binkley. Top story past couple days has obviously been that Alex Jones is, I don't want to say back on Twitter, he's on X, formerly known as Twitter, no longer banned. I'm sure you have heard this by now. I remember when he got banned. We were, I think it was 2018, we were on WSB at the time, and I said a number of times that even if you do not like Alex Jones, you should want him, you should not want him to get kicked off of any platform because Alex Jones is going to be fine. He has a lot of resources, he has his own network, very wealthy at the time, still is, I believe. It is others, however, who do not have those resources, do not have that crew, do not have the financial stability for their operation that he does, like us, the smaller programs and shows that are going to be affected more by the trickle-down effect of what happens to him. And then immediately after he got deplatformed, our website for the show at the time disappeared. We went to it one day. It was gone. They scrubbed the whole thing from the internet. Exactly like I anticipated would happen. As they get one, then they start to do the trickle-down effect. And it sucked for a little while having to put all of that back together. I am glad that he is back on X. Definitely it's going to be interesting. Or on X for the first time. Back on Twitter. Whatever. It's going to be interesting to see where this goes from here what his interaction stuff is going to be. I'm sure he's going to have a high level of interaction, but who else is going to start interacting on Twitter next? Maybe more on that a little bit later. Obviously, the media is very upset about Alex being back on X, and they have decided to go ahead and just start lying in their reporting about him. Obviously, that's what they always do. Jones was not kicked off because of anything he said about Sandy Hook. He was kicked off because he called CNN's Oliver Darcy, Douchey, Darcy, excuse me, he called him names when he saw him outside of a hearing on some sort of censorship hearing. That's probably not what they called it, but that's, that's what it essentially was. And Darcy was this guy who went around trying to get people censored. That's what he did. It's what he still does. And Jones said something to him. He called him a name. Outside of that hearing, and that was the harassing and bullying that was the justification for kicking Jones off. He wasn't even kicked off for anything that he actually said on the platform. He was kicked off for calling a shameless propagandist who spends all of this time trying to deplatform people for CNN, calling that person a name, somebody who deserves to be called a name, okay? But that has not stopped the media from pretending that Alex Jones was kicked off because of the whole Sandy Hook thing. And, and really, they just pile on and just kind of presume or tell their audience, lead their audience to believe that he was also kicked off for just being a right-wing conspiracy theorist in general. Because that is what they want them to take away from. In fact, here are a couple of clips of Jagoff Jake Tapper 
lying to his audience about why Jones was kicked off. Hold on, let me get that squared away there. There we go. In our tech lead today, Elon Musk has reinstated the account of right-wing extremist and conspiracy theorist Alex Jones on X, the platform formerly known as Twitter. Jones was banned from Twitter back in 2018 under previous ownership after spreading false and malicious conspiracy theories, including the horrific ones about the Sandy Hook massacre, the nonsense that about the, the 20 children and, and six adults that were killed. He said it was a hoax. He was not kicked off for spreading conspiracy theories like he presented that clip. That is a lie. They do not want to mention that CNN was the reason. CNN was going around trying to get people deplatformed. That's what they were doing at the time. Hardcore. I remember it well because I used to cover it all the time. That is what Oliver Darcy's job was along with Brian Stelter. That is why he got kicked off. And they don't want to remind people of their role in it, so they just say he was kicked off for being an extremist, right-wing, uh, 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 conspiracy theorist, lunatic nut. And he says it so matter-of-factly, as though that assertion is not up for debate. It's just something everybody knows. It's written in the gospel of jag-off Jake Tapper. That guy, I, I don't like him, but it is impressive how serious-faced and how just snooty and this is definitely true. Like his, I can imagine his audience that actually like him. I think most people hate watch CNN, but they probably have that same stupid, snooty-looking, highfalutin expression on their face when they're listening to him and probably playing with themselves. I, I just, I think that's probably what goes on with most people who actually like CNN. It's just, I can't understand how anybody takes them seriously i you know i i don't know i don't have the resources to do this poll but i would really like to know what percentage of people hate watch cnn versus people who actually take the network seriously and watch it to get informed about anything because they will inform you about nothing here is another clip here where Tapper's guest that he has on, I don't know the guy's name, but the guy actually says something that is very true, and he says it as an expert on the subject, as are everyone who works at CNN, so they know what they're talking about here in this clip. Get that down. This is a British dude who... Very, one of the few times a CNN person says something that's true. But let's not forget, there is a lot of money in bullshit as well, right? I mean, we saw through the Alex Jones uh, trial how he made a lot of money. Um, and if you really tap into this world, uh, along with Tucker Carlson and, and General Michael Flynn and others, people who, who are taking uh, kind of part now in this new X community, uh, that can potentially be quite lucrative and potentially that's the direction Musk wants to go. A lot of money and a lot of votes. Tony O'Sullivan, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Come a lot of votes. Yeah, that would be the pot calling the kettle black right there. That's what they do. They specialize in bullshit. And I like how this new era of media where CNN and MSNBC, 
I don't know about Fox. I haven't really heard on Fox, but I don't ever watch Fox, honestly. Very rarely. Says bullshit and other swear words when the story they're covering, it, it, it's necessary. So here it's okay to say it because the, the gravity of the story, it's just this bullshit that these right-wing extremist conspiracy theorists are peddling and that are going to destroy the democracy and destroy the country. So it's okay to swear. I mean, remember, remember a few years ago when you couldn't say that? Did the FCC regulations change? I should look into that. Or, or are they just like, we'll take the fine. It's okay. We're making enough money spreading our bullshit that it's okay. I mean, it, it is, this is what we see really all the time in the news. It's always been like this. It's always been the Spider-Man meme of everybody pointing at the other one. And they're all accusing each other of doing uh, the thing that they're doing. But it's never been more prominent. Lately, we have seen... CNN, MSNBC running stories that are like, oh my gosh, can you believe that Donald Trump now has the audacity to say that it's Joe Biden who is a threat to democracy when everyone knows it's Donald Trump that's a threat to democracy? It's just a back and forth pointing. They're all, all these swindlers in, in the news and the media are threats to democracy, sending endless amounts of money, endless amounts of money to fight wars, to keep the war machine going. While you can't go into the freaking grocery store, it's up to 90 bucks now. I can't get out of Publix. I, I get uh, two rolls uh, of paper towels and orange juice, uh, maybe a, a bag of chicken Caesar salad and some, I don't know, a frozen box of lasagna. $95. It does, the prices are crazy right now. But yeah, let's keep sending that money. Those people, those are the threat to democracy. The ones who tell us who we are not allowed to question things, which both sides do that. Both sides, in the media anyway. There are some figures who do not do that. Now, whether you think they're controlled opposition or not, maybe Maybe some of these people, these Tucker Carlson's are. We all know Tucker, his family history with the Voice of America and whatnot. Yeah, we can go into all of that at another time, but judging things by what people say and, and what they do right now anyway, what they're setting up, I don't know. But there are a very few people who actually say we should be able to ask questions. We should be able to say the covid stuff why can't we why can't we talk about this we should be able to say yeah you know the whole thing that happened on october 7th in israel and palestine was evil and awful but also we should be able to question bb netanyahu all of this stuff it's just you can maintain the same level of skepticism and you can apply that level of skepticism there's actually very few those who listen are like this and and the shows that I uh, am a guest on, everybody is like that. We apply the same level of scrutiny to bullshit when we see it, but it kind of flips back and forth when it comes to the right and left. Sometimes the right is like, wait, we need First Amendment rights and must question things, and then other times it's like, you must never question this, and, and on the left it's, uh, I, got my, I got a fist in my ass and question nothing ever, bow down to old Lord Biden government. 
They don't even, Biden's a puppet for them. I'm just going on a little bit of a rant today. So I've definitely veered off and I'm going to veer back onto the road right now before I get banned from X. You know, I don't want to, actually, I don't, I don't, I know Elon does. He has not restored everybody. And I don't think there's, there's always going to be a line that people get banned, you know? And, And I think that People will find that line. I think there will be operatives. I think there'll be FBI agents or whoever who will be, you need to go get banned so that it can be used against whoever's in control of something. Like there's all, it's, it's getting to a point in society right now where it's the whole, you know, everything's a false flag. I know that's a ridiculous thing to say, and I, I don't believe that everything is a false flag. But when right now, all wars, when you, when you read the rules or laws of war they talk about, and it, you can apply that to basically everything in society because all of society is, is politicized, it, is, it, it must look like – you must only fight wars of defense, right, which just incentivizes everyone to do everything in their power to provoke whoever they want to fight a war against into hitting them first, or at least making it look like they hit them first, you know? It's the whole bird-dogging thing I used to talk about with Jan Schakowsky uh, from up there in Illinois who taught the Net, Net Roots Nation activist conference training where she was telling, this is like in 2018, she's telling these people, we need to see people in wheelchairs on the front lines getting pulled out of their wheelchairs by police, and we need that blasted on, every, on the front page of every newspaper in the country. And that's right out of Edward Bernays' book. It's you stage these scenarios. It, it, it's like a combination of Edward Bernays and Saul Linsky. Is you stage these scenarios that are going to lead to the, uh, that are going to put these people in a circumstance that, if you do it right, is going to lead to the events that you can then capture on camera. Back then it was a big flashy camera. Now it's, everybody's got it on TikTok and they're recording on their phones. Uh, but with the uh, Solinsky, it's the actions and the reaction, and, and the whole all everybody, and that goes back to the everything's war and defense, war of defense, or it looks that way anyway, is just this constant state of plotting and scheming to try and do things that are going to strategically cause whoever you're trying to provoke to behave in a certain way that is going to then benefit you and ultimately give you what you want. It, it's just a very simple law. Of course, there's going to be everybody's familiar with it now. So people are, are kind of looking out for each other or not looking out for each other, looking out for what the other is doing. And God, I am just way off on a rant. That just starts to make me think about identity politics, but I don't want to go off on a rant. I'm going to get back to the stories I was talking about because I'm not going to do a 14 hour show right now. Like I sometimes do when I can get a little bit ranty. All right, so get rid of these two bullshitters on screen here. Get that out of here. God, look at that expression. So after Jones was reinstated, they well, – I should say this. Oliver Darcy, he, he, he works for – or he did work for Brian Stelter. So that's all that show did, Reliable Sources. I used to cover it all the time. Alex Jones has a bunch of famous clips where he goes after Brian Stelter. I was cutting clips and doing fake interviews and mocking Brian Stelter back in 2015 because I knew what he was and I saw what he was doing. I just had a small platform. I had like, you know, like 
50, 100 views on videos and stuff like that. But uh, that show was always designed to be like the head propaganda machine or, or the, the you could find the talking points for the next week that came from that show. And Oliver Darcy was like Stelter's minion. He, he was like Stelter's protege, which there's no greater insult than that right there. Like you, you, there's nothing you can call anybody in this world that's worse than calling them Brian Stelter's protege. Like, like you tell, you call your friends that, and they'll punch you in the face. I mean, that's 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 bad right there. I mean, those are fighting words. And Oliver Darcy chose to be this thing, and yet Alex Jones got kicked off of Twitter for calling him something much, much, much less than he actually was and has been for a very long time. I mean, try calling your friend that. Might be ugly. After Jones was reinstated, there was like a big welcome back Alex Jones Twitter spaces party that was hosted by that, what is this guy's name? Nar- I-, I can't remember the guy's name. It's like Narful or something weird. I don't know. He's kind of a strange guy, but he always hosts these Twitter spaces. I don't know how he got into all that. But at this party on Twitter spaces, Jones was obviously there. Elon Musk showed up. The Tate brothers showed up. They took some time off from their poker game, apparently. That's how one of the Tate brothers entered. Uh, somebody said, how are you, uh, uh, Tate? I don't, I don't remember which one. And, and he goes, well, I'm in the middle of a poker game, but I thought since Alex Jones was back on the X that I would take some time out from it and just say, hey, Alex, and just like, we, we don't give a shit about your poker game. This peacocking that these guys do. I love the free speech. I mean, it's, it's, they're characters, that's for sure. Along with the Tate brothers, there was a bunch of other people. The, what was the guy? Human, I can't, I can't remember the one dude's name. He used to be on Alex Jones' show, but he, he was like a former Intel guy. I can't remember his name. Vivek. I know Vivek. But that's not who I was talking about just now. There's some other guy. But Vivek was there. And the main takeaway from the whole Twitter spaces was that Vivek urinates. He's a urinator. Or a robot pouring a pitcher of water into a toilet. I don't know. I, I know that the main story we're being told is that the sound we all heard, which sounded like someone peeing, was Vivek, who forgot to turn his microphone off, taking a leak in front of millions of people, audio-wise anyway, which sources tell me, infuriated New York traffic reporter Jamie Stelter because of how horny hearing Vivek's urine made her husband Brian. Vivek not turning his mic off really turned my husband on, she told CNN. I wasn't turned on, Brian Stelter told the New York Times. I just want to see Vivek's stream also, not just hear it. And maybe I'd like to smell it, he said. Anyway, I'm glad Alex is back. It'll make X more entertaining. He's an entertaining fella, for sure. And the dude does, he is, he predicts things. He definitely gets things right from a pretty good bit. He's good at that. And, uh, you know, everybody loves to watch him freak out. So, speaking of Stelter, check this out. This is the dumbest tweet. I don't want to say ever. 
because then where do you go if you say that? But look at this tweet he, he did earlier tonight. So Stelter tweets earlier. He, he tweets a picture of Stephen Colbert looking to the camera. It, it, it's tweeted. It, you almost think Brian Stelter's like on one knee taking this photo. But he's smiling because Colbert had had a surgery or something. And Stelter says, Colbert show. And then in parentheses, no longer posting to X. Says he's back on TV tonight, but down in appendix. Mm. Well, I'm glad Colbert's better, but also the only purpose of this tweet was to tell us that Colbert was doing a virtue signal and boycotting X. It's a very bad virtue signal. When you do it and nobody knows or cares about it, like so few people do, that you have to get Brian Stelter to tell people about your virtue signal. This, this is one of the gayest tweets I've ever seen. It can be gayer if that was an image of two dudes bumping dicks. Brian Stelter, oh, I got you. I got you, Colbert. Snapped her, snapped her. No clapped her, only snapped her. All right, so check this out. This is kind of cool. It's interesting. I, it's, it's, this subject has always fascinated me. CRISPR, have you guys heard of CRISPR? It's the gene editing technology that's been around for a, a few years now. And they've been doing all kind of clinical trials on it. And I used to cover this stuff a lot. And there was apparently uh, this kid they interviewed on CNN. I don't know why I have the mirror up here, but <laughs> this kid is from Connecticut. He's a teenager. He's 15 years old. And they're saying that he is the world's, one of the world's first who recently un underwent a gene editing in the hopes of curing sickle cell disease that he had since birth. And he's not, I should say this, he's not the first person to do this. Now, I don't know about for sickle cell specifically. They, they didn't specify what he was the first of, but just getting gene edited He's definitely not the first to do that because there is this whole biohacking black market underground where people have been trying to gene edit their bodies for, for years. I, I used to watch videos of these people all the time trying the weirdest stuff. I mean, they would try some wild stuff in their bodies. And there was one guy who was like uh, – what was the guy? The guy – he used to work at NASA, and he, he says that he cured – his IBS by gene editing, which the way CRISPR works, and this is a very simplistic uh, description of it, is they, they describe it as like a copy and paste thing where you just snip out the defective DNA, whatever, and you just you paste the other, the DNA. You got to get the DNA from somewhere. And the way that this guy who used to work at NASA, so there's no telling what his whole background is, but it, there's another person you get it from and you paste it and then it kind of replicates in your body and he claims, he's claimed for years, that he cured his IBS with this, but the side effect of it was that he now has a sweet tooth, which he had never had before. And I actually have a list I'm going to show you guys here in a second that was made by this Harvard professor. And this guy continues to make this. He's like this longevity dude. And he documents potential superpowers that humans could upgrade their bodies to using gene editing along with the possible, like, kryptonite. Like, the you have this superpower, but because of it, 
this is what could kill you. And I'll, I'll show you some of that um, after we uh, talk about this kid here. I can put this on the screen. Let me show it to you guys. There he is. So that's the kid there. It says, U.S. poised to approve first gene editing treatment. So all right, that's what this is. This is an FDA-approved one. This is the first one, which is like $2 million a treatment, by the way. $2 million a treatment. I mean, you better get in that clinical study because only the, the dudes who are, you know, shocking their penis and doing transfusions of their teenage son's blood into their bodies are going to be able to afford to do this type of procedure here. I mean, that's, that's crazy. But they told this kid, so he's got sickle cell disease, and what they said was that he has to have like a, a was it a bone marrow donor? And I, I'm not, I don't know a lot about that, but I'm, I, I'm guessing based on the way they talked about it and that it's hard to find a match or something or, or to do it successfully. And they've tried a lot of things and this kid is not, they haven't been able to find anything. He's in pain a lot of the time. And I watched the interview. He seems like a, seems like a good kid. He seems like his parents seem like they're just trying to help him figure out a way to, to overcome this. And, and doctors have been telling this kid that he's not going to live past the age of 40, which what an awful, awful thing to tell a kid. They, they don't know. I mean, they do not know. That's the same thing they did w with my mom when she first got sick. It was a rare disease, and they did not know how to help her at the time. And because they didn't know how to help her, they just projected doom onto her, kind of like, obviously, people have been doing this kid, telling me he's never going to live past 40. They, they would tell my mom she would not going to... She would not live for two, she'd be dead in two years when she was first diagnosed. She lived 18 more years because they were wrong. And that's why I do not like it when doctors give this definitive doom date to people simply because they have reached the limit of their own knowledge. You know, just because they do not know the answer doesn't mean the answer does not exist. And to condemn, not condemn someone, but... People, like doctors, that's like a, talk about an authority figure. Not as much as before the pandemic, but still, most people trust their doctors. Like, that's the expert, that's that people are afraid when it comes to their health. And when your last resort, the person you go to that you're hoping to help you just feel better and get better says, oh, well, nothing we can do, you're dead. I mean, that is demoralizing. That is crushing. And... That, that type of uh, communication with patients, I, I think that should be illegal. I mean, that, that, should, that should be banned. It really should. I, I talked to a doctor before. I, told, I said, don't ever say stuff like that in front of my mom again. Do not. The psychological, I even brought in these studies they, about how the, the psychological, uh, your mindset, your emotion, uh, um, it's hard to document, but they have done a lot of studies on that where that, can contribute to your well-being and your ability to improve and get better as much as the medical side of it. Just like wanting to to continue fighting and having the willingness and uh, every single day getting up and battling. Because what a what a what a daunting thing to face and to just demoralize people like that. It's just that that is something they do not teach in medical schools. I looked like I used to research this stuff all the time because. Uh, I learned that this stuff would happen quite a bit when my mom got sick years and years ago. And they teach, they teach them the book, the current existing knowledge that they have. And, you know, there's 
of course, there's a bunch of different ways to go with medicine. There's natural medicine that a lot of the focus wasn't put on that when it comes to medical schools. And so they, they don't know much about that. Not to say that everything, that, a lot of things that they do are good, you know, but then, of course, it's not the end all be all, but they start to believe it's the end all be all. And they're not taught how to lift their patient's spirit. And they're not taught the importance of that. Nurses, I have found, and not to say that all doctors are like that. I'm going on a little bit of a tangent again. So I think this is a, an important thing. It's about you know advocating for yourself if you're in that situation or advocating for a family member or a friend and helping them because it's just, you know, it, it can be a helpless feeling. And you know what your doctor just, you know, stomping on, just making it even worse. But like, they have not trained in that very important aspect of it. Some of them are naturally good at it, right? Now, nurses, I've found, there's a lot of nurses that are very, very, very good at it. I, I, my mom was a nurse, so I'm very partial towards nurses. But I think nurses do a lot of the really, really hard, hard work of, um, of caring for patients when they're in the doctor. I, I, I'm, I'm going to get back to the story here. My point is... F these guys who told this kid he's going to die before he's 40. They do not know that. You know? And I hope this works for him. This is a very experimental type of technology, this CRISPR stuff. It's literally changing your DNA. And I know a lot of people will have an issue with that. And when you're in a situation like this, and I don't know how... His parents found it. They probably researched it, found the trial. That's why I used to research clinical trials all the time. I have them all saved on a tab, and I would try and stay up to date with them, just looking for something that could help. I'm sure his parents did something similar, and that's part of being an advocate for uh, your friend or your family. And how CNN got wind of it, I I don't know. I'm sure there's going to be some FDA approval of something soon. Uh, you know, and I, I don't know, FDA approvals are not always the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> but, you know, maybe this one will be good. I hope so. I, I hope it works out for this kid. Anyway, $2 million. And it's helped him. So far, it's helped him. So far, he's been able to play the drums. He's been able to do things he was never able to do before. And they're kind of watching him to see what the side effects are going to be. Like, is he going to start flying is he, it could be bad side effects too. This is going to be a, an emerging trend, I think, in the next couple of years. I think we're going to see these some more FDA-approved CRISPR gene editing type technologies rolled out. And another thought on that is they've done a lot with the, this CRISPR stuff and experiments. They, they've tested on more than, you know, obviously they start with animals and they start you know insects there was one insect that they did this CRISPR study on like in 2019 2018 where it was some sort of beetle that did not fly and they gene edited it into having wings and they got it to reproduce and then they basically created a new species of this i can't remember the specific name of that beetle but this thing did not exist before and now it exists which makes me think of the whole was the uh, the prison planet theory, where they gene edited us and made us conscious enough to be 
uh, uh, sl- slaves to the the lizard people, right? It's very similar, honestly. When you hear people describe that theory and then you hear some of these studies they've done, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what the lizard people allegedly did to us, some people believe. So, so it's kind of wild, but they also have given some people who have been partially blind, they're able to see color again. I don't know the extended results of some of these studies. They're, gonna, they're definitely trying wild stuff, wild shit, that if they're doing this publicly, there's no freaking telling. They're definitely, in my opinion, trying to create super soldiers. I mean, they've been trying to create super soldiers for decades, and they might very well have some technology here that enables them to kind of do that. And this is where I was going with this. Now, I've shown this on the show before, but this guy updates this thing. He, he, stay, he keeps it up to date. This is a Harvard professor. Let me get that down and show you guys the other one here. Who created that list of traits, superhuman traits, that gene editing might be able to get us or give us. Um, and you see it on the screen there. Harvard Molecular Technologies. Uh, what's this guy's name? <laughs> Thanks to Mark Handel. Okay, it's the Resilience Project. HMS Fair Barn Family Limest. Uh, Resilience Project is what it is. I'm trying to give you guys the doctor's name. I'll find the doctor's name and I will, I'll tell you guys next show or I'll tweet it out or something like that. But, all right, so I'll just go through the ones that I understand because most of these things I don't, I don't understand what these words mean. <laughs> extra strong bones, right? That's my favorite one. So you could have extra strong bones and the way that this was described in an article that the, the Harvard professor behind this wrote was almost unbreakable, right? And the the potential negatives of gene editing yourself to have these nearly unbreakable bones is low buoyancy. Your bones would be so heavy, you might sink and never be able to swim in water. Just like Bruce Willis's character in Unbreakable. Very smart, very predictive programming of the, the writers there. And then you have large lean muscles with, I, I don't know what that word is. Un, does that say unnoticed harm? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, so this is an interesting one. They can make you insensitive to pain. The, obviously, the potential negative to that is you're not going to notice when you're unharmed because there's people who are like this. Like they were born like this where they don't feel pain. So pain is a, a, a signal that we need to get help for something. So it's not a good thing to not be able to feel pain. But I can imagine a situation where, you know, where would you want a bunch of people to not be able to feel pain? I don't know, war? That might be useful. People who don't know they're dying, continuing to march forward and fight like they're on PCP. Seems like it could be useful to me in that situation. And you have... See, some of these, I think the potential negatives, the ones that the blanks that aren't filled in, I just think that they're still researching. I don't think it's like zero potential negatives here. Otherwise, I think they would put that. Look at this low odor production. So they can gene edit you into not smelling bad. God knows what the side effect of that might be. I mean, is that, but the smell also is another 
it's another signal that something's going on, you know? If your body smells off, and I mean, I read some stuff about, I can't remember how what they phrased it, but it was like odor warfare. They had a more, they had another word for it, which I forgot what it was. But I started looking into that because of COVID. I, I haven't been able to smell correctly since I got COVID. My smelling has been off. And it's weird. Like, it's really weird. And then I started looking that up about how they, they can, uh, they've been researching this about how to use that against people that they're, they're enemies. So if you can't smell smoke, then you are easier to burn. If you can't smell a bomb or you can't smell something that maybe you've been trained to smell, well, then you're more vulnerable. It's another defense mechanism that we have. So I don't know that that would, of course, this is not talking about smelling. This is talking about making you not smell. This one will make you not sweat. I don't know if that's a good thing. So it's good to work up a sweat, you know. And here we have HIV resistance. But the consequence of the negative part of that is that you might get West Nile virus. Which is worse, AIDS or West Nile? I don't know. What about monkeypox? You know what I say about monkeypox. If you don't want to get monkeypox and you're in a homosexual relationship, one of you just needs to identify as the, the other sex. Because that's the sex is hetero then, right? It's apparently only gay people get it. Now, let's see here. A IBD, oh, so Crohn's disease. So this is interesting here. They can help you have resistance to the norovirus, but the side effect might be Crohn's disease. But then down here, they can help you get rid of Crohn's disease. So I guess I'll have to combine some of the editing. Then malaria resistance. Where's some of these? <laughs> TB or other. So that's, that's weird. Tuberculosis, but you might have GI or lung issues. I thought that tuber tuberculosis was a lung issue. So... They can help you have low coronary disease, uh, I guess lower your risk of heart attack, but the problem is that you might have a higher risk of diabetes and you might be stupid. Your cognition might decrease because of that. And then they can lower your opportunity of cancer, your chance of cancer, lower your chance of getting diabetes. Here, I like this one. You're able to dive deeper into, the, into water, so that's an interesting one. Holding your breath for an extended periods of time. They don't have side effects for these yet. Going to high, higher altitudes, high oxygen transport. You can operate on less sleep. With some, so all these, these weird letters and numbers on the left here, these are like the, what they do is they identify the specific DNA or something in your body that is associated with these functions of, of our bodies and they give it these weird names and that so then they go look for the genes that they can replace the defect i don't want to say defective or, or normal ones with maybe sometimes defective like in the case of that story a moment ago and they cut the one out and they replace it with the one that's going to enable you to sleep less here's one that's going to lower your risk of alzheimer's let's see here so this one will make you smarter Higher cognition, however, you will have a visual loss. So which one is it? Would you rather be smarter or be able to see? Lower aging. You know they're going to be focusing on the aging stuff. There's a lot going on with this de-aging trend right now. 
bone, boneless, Ebola resistance, radiation resistance. You won't even have to wear that vest into the radiation room anymore, which I don't think they make you wear anymore anyway because they realized it didn't work. Human-like brain neotinny. What is that? What is neotinny? Can they just use words that aren't stupid? The retention of juvenile features, the sexual maturity of an... Oh, wow. So it's... Uh, where was it? Neotinny. So I guess you, you can you stay young. Your sexual organs stay younger longer. Maybe that's what they're saying. High learning and memory. Where was that one? Learn stimulus response associations faster. That's kind of a scary one. Because it could be good. Or it could be you're able to be propagandized more easily. More uh, faster anyway. Increased neocortex size and folding. I'm sure Brian Stelter would like to have increased folding ability. Where is that neotinny one? Oh, human-like brain neotinny. I don't know what that means. Monkey carrying human gene copies show. Oh, so I don't understand that. Okay, so median median survival increase. For, okay, so they say they can increase the median survival of humans from 75 to 85 years. They can give us 10 years on average with gene editing. They don't have any side effects for that one yet. This one here, enhanced spatial learning abilities, except the side effect is that you'll be impaired socially. So I guess autism kind of. Let's see. Longevity and cognition. All right. So look, if you guys want to check this out, because he does update it continually. It It's AR. Let me see what it says here. Look up the Harvard Molecular Technologies. Let me make sure it shows up with that. Harvard Molecular Technologies. Yeah, so you'll find if you look that up. You'll, you'll find stories that link to it. And add like maybe CRISPR or gene editing to the, the search and you'll find it. And I'll, I'll, I'll tweet it out too at some point in the next day. Uh, okay. I, I just think that stuff's interesting because you know they're working on life extension stuff. I mean, that's what the whole transhuman and push humanism push is. And we see the tech technology angle of it. We see these stories about the de-agers, that Brian Johnson guy who does all that weird stuff. And, and now CRISPR is coming back into the news. I haven't seen much talk about CRISPR in a long time. So I was surprised to see that story. I do hope it works out for that kid. So... Where are we now? Well, I'll do one more quick one here. Um, you know, I'm going to save that one for next time, and I'm going to give you what I promised you. This is going to be a short one, then we're going to go to the DMB XR. On the DMB XR, what we're going to talk about is doomsday communities selling bunkers for people when the S hits the fan. You know, everybody's, it's Christmas time. Everybody's looking for a doomsday bunker. Now's the time. Maybe you can get one on discount. I don't know, but there's some very strange things that this doomsday bunker billionaire is trying to get people to do, and we're going to go through some of that. And if we have time, we will also go through a short story about 
a woman who accidentally shot herself. She's alive. In a very, very strange, the, the, one of the last places you would expect someone to shoot themselves. So if you want to get access to that, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report. Subscribe there today. Check me out on Twitter at Freedom Act Radio, youtube.com slash Brad Binkley, rumble.com slash the prop report. Propagandafight.com is the website. Share it with your friends if you aren't, aren't in a place where you can sign up on Patreon or you can go to uh, paypal.me.bradbinkley if you want to do a one-time donation. If you're not in a position to do that, I know it's the holidays, share the show with a friend. Go to whatever podcast platform you listen on and leave a five-star review that warms my heart, that makes me feel good, keeps me motivated, and it also helps me show up higher in the search engine rankings. So thank you for that, and I hope everybody's having a good holiday season. It's getting closer to Christmas. Like You think you have so much time before Christmas, but then you look up and, oh, it's Christmas, and I feel like that that's coming right now. It just feels like it's, what are we, what is today, the 11th? It's just two weeks away. Two weeks away. Okay, so now on to this last quick little story for the DMB. Let me put this up on screen for you guys. This is Google's year in search 2023. I should premise this with, I don't really believe that the Google trending searches are natural. So I don't know if this is really what was on the mind of the U.S. and the world populace, but let's see what they're telling us they, they want us to think about anyway. See what's trending in 2023, it says. This is for the United States. In the news, any guesses? You guys can read it who are watching, but any guesses on what the top trend in the news would be? War in Israel and Gaza, which is interesting, right? Because that did not show up at all on the Wikipedia top searches of 2023 yet it's number one in the google trending searches of 2023 it what number one was what was it, it was chat gpt and ukraine was in there but it you would think that the wikipedia and the google thing it, it would mirror each other would it not are people just going straight to Wikipedia and, and searching directly in there? I figured most people just typed in the thing they're looking for into Google and Wikipedia showed up first on it and they clicked on it. Like I would think they would be almost in sync with their, their top trends, but I, I guess not. Maybe I'm wrong on the way people search that. Number two, and that's not even right, at least the way they say it. Number two trending search in 2023 in the U.S. is the Titanic submarine, which it's not a submarine, it's a submersible, and I still think that's going to be eventually connected to the UAP thing. I don't think we've heard the last of that. In fact, maybe this is the reemergence of it because it's been months since anybody's talked about that. In, in that short period of time, that, was, that, that got searched so much that it was more than anything else. Again, I don't believe these are natural. Number three, Hurricane Hillary. Really? Number four, Hurricane Idalia. Number five, Hurricane Lee. Number six, the Maine shooting. Number seven, the Nashville shooting. Number eight, the Maui fire. Which is weird because there was a lot they didn't really cover about that. Number nine, the Idaho murder trial. That's a weird search trend of that. I would think it would be the Idaho Four or Brian Koberger. 
I know college students. That's unless people are actually searching it, but it's just not being reported on because the trial just started kind of halfway through the year. And then number ten, the Canada wildfires and top five people that were searched in the U.S. Damar Hamlin, Jeremy Renner, or Reiner, I think it's Renner, Travis, you know, the Taylor Swiss boyfriend. Of course, he's ahead of, Taylor's not even on this list. Tucker Carlson, number four, Lil Tay. Who the hell is Lil Tay? This list has already changed, by the way, since I uh, was researching this show. I guess fast moving. Who, the, who, the, who is that? I've never heard of this person in my life. Is that a boy or a girl? I don't know, who cares? I don't give a rat's ass about a little Tay. All right, uh, um, Andrew Tate, number six. Carly Russell, don't know who that is. Jamie Foxx, Danny Masterson, and then Matt, the comedian, Matt Reif. And then they have all these weird different things, like games, top five games, how often things. Like, how often do you think about the Roman Empire? It was number one, how often search. Number one, explained church is The Menu Explained, which is a movie. No one will save you, Explained. Silo explained. Keep that in mind, by the way, because the DMBXR story reminds me of Silo. Israel-Palestine conflict explained. Let's see if the world trends, how different they are. Global. Can I open that in another tab? Oh, screw it. We'll just open it here. The global trends. The war in Israel and Gaza, Titanic submarine, the global trends, the Titanic sub submersible is what it is, but people search submarine, number two. Turkey earthquake, Hurricane Hillary, Hurricane. So it's just the same thing. Everybody searches the same. I guess that is a testament to how the media can control the agenda setting theory in people's minds, which is a theory, a sociological theory where the, the media sets the parameters of what people care about and think are important. You know, just block everything else out. Let's try another Argentina. What about Australia? Australia, op Optus Outrage. What is that? What's Optus Outrage? Let's see. Optus Outrage rocked by another already. Is that a fire? Optus. What is Optus? Oh, outage. Did it say outages? I said outrage. Yeah, I'm so used to outrage. Yes, out, it's outage. It's like an internet outage. Then they have the war in Israel, then the referendum results in Andrew Tate, then earthquake in uh, Melbourne. And how about, what about Ukraine? Let's see what the top searches in Ukraine are. Let's see. Ukraine. How about we translate that to English, please? Map of air alarms, blackout schedule, uh, P-R-I-G-O-Z-H-I-N. Who is that guy? P-R-I-G-O-Z-H-E-N. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's the guy they say that Putin killed. That was the guy that was the leader of the, the coup against the, the, the mercenary. The, Wag, the Wagner Group, or Wagner Group, depending on who you're listening to. Then Chat GPT, then Oppenheimer. Really care about it. So that's what, you're, you're being destroyed by Russia, apparently. And all you can search is Chat GPT and Oppenheimer over there. What about Russia? What's the top searches in Russia? Maybe they're very like-minded. Maybe they'll have the exact same tops unavailable oh it's conveniently unavailable in russia huh what about china 
China. All right, let's try China here. I'm sure it's going to be unavailable there also. They didn't even put China in here. They did not even put China in here. That's ridiculous. Or Cuba. How about France? AI to create images. AI to rephrase text. AI to make PowerPoint. AI. So France is super obsessed with AI. Every AI for photo. AI for, for logo. AI for sex. AI for drawing. Not really AI for sex. AI to improve quality of image. AI to enlarge image. The first eight top searches in France are about AI. And then, but to be good. And then AI for cover letter. So they're lazy as hell, and they're just hoping AI is going to do, do all this shit for them over in France. It's wishful thinking. We'll do one more. Let's see. What's a good one here? What about England? Where's England? Germany. Is England or the UK? I guess it'd be the United Kingdom. UK is probably going to be very similar to us. Where the hell is it? Oh, it's not in here. So we don't get to know what the UK does because they're still controlling it. There it is, United Kingdom. Hugh Edwards. Who's that? H-U-W? H-U-W Edwards? Uh, who's this guy? He's a BBC president. What do he do? Did he get hashtag me too or something? Who cares? Philip Schofield, Russell Brand, Andrew Tate, Mama Cax. Who the hell is Mama Cax? Mama Cax. Mama Cax was this like a, a rapper in, in the UK. Oh, she's a model and a disability rights activist. Oh, she's got one leg. So she's a model with one leg. That's what it is. Interesting. All right. That was not. That one was not. That one's like the least interesting one. Germany. I want to see Germany, then that's it. Top in Germany, war in Israel, earthquake, uh, Ramstein, and then a bunch of freaking names. And what is Mid Journey? What, wait, these are their AI questions. Did we have one of those? Is AI dangerous? All right, who cares? All right, I'm done with that. Uh, check that out if you want. It's who knows how true any of it is, but definitely telling on what they want people thinking about in certain regions of the country at the very, very least. Okay. Thank you guys for hanging out with me. Hope you're having a great holiday season. We will talk to you next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day. This is the drive time news blast. I am Brad Binkley and I would like to tell you about an opportunity that I just found out about and I think everybody should know about because with Christmas around the corner, what better time to get your loved one a doomsday bunker to put under the tree? I mean, if you've been shopping around for one already, you probably noticed they're kind of hard to find. I mean, they're harder to find than a PlayStation in 2021. But if you act fast, you just might be able to get your hands on one of the 575 bunkers at a doomsday community is trying to find residence for, for when all hell breaks loose. That's according to their wording. That's not my wording. I'll get the website up here for you. There you go. I don't know what that is. It looks like a prison cell to me right there. 
And these bunkers, by the way, we're not talking like measly two and three person bunkers. These 575 doomsday bunkers are space enough for 10,000 people, they say. That's 17.3 people per bunker. So most of you can cram your entire family in there with maybe a, a couple buddies or two uh, as well, just shoved right in there with you. And these bunkers, which these specific ones, they're actually a network of them all over the, the world. They are located in the Black Hills, Black Hill Mountains of South Dakota, and they're made from repurposed, a repurposed former army base. And they are designed to provide, quote, an epic humanitarian survival project for those who want to prepare, I guess. And, and not just for the 1%. This is part of the pitch here. These bunkers aren't just for the 1%. They're, they're for the rest of us. And this is according to the executive director of this program. His name is, he's a billionaire named Dante uh, V-I-C-I-N-O, Vicino. And he says, these bunkers are, so average people can reserve now their spots for when all hell breaks loose. Now, I do find it interesting that the way they talk about this, they say Dante here, this billionaire, and he is the only person listed as the management team of these bunkers. He runs them. He runs the bunkers. I mean, that obviously raises some questions about the level of freedom that you might have when you're a bunker dweller deep down inside the earth while the crazy shit's going on on top. Is he, is he the king of the bunkers? This has some very, very... Silo, if you've seen that show on Apple TV, feel to it. And get a look at this inside these bunkers. They look, some of them, like this one. Look at that image there. They, they look like a rich person's home movie theater they have in the basement with the almost stadium-like seating. In the, I mean, it looks pretty spacious there to me. Here's what's inside of them, according to the website. These modern bunkers, not these old-school bunkers. These are modern, like, hip bunkers. They come equipped with sofas, a rug, and a coffee table. So they're pre-furnished. That's perfect. No need to worry about putting together an Ikea table or bringing your own fridge or washer either because those are also included. And it's got a kitchen. It's got a dining room table in that kitchen. And as for the bedrooms, you get a number of different options for your little bunker layout here. Plan A comes with four twin rooms, one double bedroom, and one bathroom. Plan B... Plan B comes with twin rooms, one double bedroom, one bathroom, and one wet room. I don't know what the hell that is, but could be good or bad. Plan C offers two twin rooms, one double bedroom, one master bedroom, master bedroom, with a, a suite and one bathroom. So the master bedroom has got a suit, it's got a suite in there and a bathroom. And lastly, Plan D provides you with eight single bedrooms and three bathrooms. Eight single bedrooms and three bathrooms. I need to pull the action. This is called Vivos, V-I-V-O-S. And there's there's a look. I guess that's the entrance. You see that little. I mean, very very bunker like there. And there's your bed. There's your sleeping arrangements, like a college dorm almost, with the bunk beds there. Let's go to the website because this is where it gets really interesting here, for me anyway. All right, let me share that with you. So Vivos, and it's called the Backup Plan for Humanity. And they provide you with like one year of food. And it's designed to house everybody while, I guess, a nuclear fallout you know, dissipates. And you can go live on the surface again. 
But you see here, it says the backup plan, the global shelter network, the backup plan for humanity, secure your space in Vivos Underground Shelter to survive virtually any catastrophe. And I don't know what that catastrophe is. But the vi So the video doesn't even have any words. The video. There's a bunch of images. It's just showing things that might destroy the earth is what it's doing. Biblical stuff. Jesus is showing. Okay, it's got a song. I don't know who these guys are. End of world type imagery. Dude on a... I can't stand them. Those types of those ads are bullshit. But so vivos, it's a verb. It means be alive, live, reside, survive. And so you can apply for membership. Should we do cost? Or, let's do cost first. Where's the cost? And then we'll then we'll look at the membership application because that's where it gets interesting to me. Look at all these side things you can click on here. Life assurance. Actually, let's just go one by one. Life assurance. And there's an image uh, of, it, it changed very fast, but there's an image of, a, of an asteroid destroying the Earth. Vivo shelters may be your only life assurance solution. People are sensing that a global life-changing event is ahead. Millions of people believe that we are living in the end times, as they always have. This is a billionaire. Now, look, don't get me wrong. It's not a bad idea to be prepared. This is a billionaire taking advantage of people. This is just nothing but destruction in these images and playing to people's fears. And they give you, we encourage you to read this risk assessment thing, which has all these stuff about anarchy from catastrophes and just everything is doom and gloom. Of course, if you're trying to sell bunkers, you're not going to say, we might make it, everything will be okay. You're going to try to tell people things that will make them want to buy. Uh, bunkers, but honestly, I don't know that he wants the people that he's going to be attracting to go live in a bunker, unless he he's got the. This is a billionaire again who's behind this, unless he has some sort of control mechanism that, it, which I'm sure that he does. So, all right, screw that part. Don't be left out. Don't be left out to die. Join us while you still can, and space is available. I don't know what all that shit is. So, preservation. This is an interesting part of it. We are a modern day Noah's Ark. And what they mean by being a modern days days Noah's Ark is they're trying to they're trying to get people to give them their DNA so they can store it, and they can use it in the future if they need it, or they can use it in the present, or they can hand it right over to the FBI and put it in those police databases that they use to try and match DNA and and arrest people with. He says Vivo is effectively a modern days Noah's Ark, Noah's Ark, providing people with a life assurance solution to preserve their life their life end that they're, excuse me, I can't read, hold on, let me feel a little bit bigger, uh, to preserve their life and that of their loved ones. Vivos is the most viable solution for the continuance of life, providing an underground shelter fortress to survive virtually any earth-devastating catastrophe, whether from nature, the cosmos, or an act of mankind. See, that's the thing about a, a, a claim like that. You have no way of proving that. Got to take it on faith and faith alone. It would be cost prohibitive for all but the very elite to build and outfit a shelter and to fully equip it and supply the shelter with the diversity of skills and talents collectively provided by each Vivos member. 
From doctors to military and security experts, each shelter provides a team of talents and skills that will assure your best chance of survival through the most disastrous scenario. All right, we'll, we'll get to the... You see down here, from those... This is, <laughs> this is a funny part to me. From those that cannot afford to physically purchase space in a Vivo shelter, we now have the Vivos Global Genome Vault. These vaults will be a depository that can literally accommodate the DNA of every person on the planet to preserve and store they, their genome for their own future medical restoration while they are alive or be a part of what may become the next arc of humanity. You can't afford to get in that vault. At least put your DNA in there. All right. Yeah, with the Vivos Global, Global Genome, Genome Vault, we will help preserve the biodiversity of the planet from a possible life extinction, extinction event or anything that may change or damage our ability to reproduce in the future. A lot of fear going on as the preparations. Minimum of one-year supplies. Each shelter... Okay, it says preparing each Vivos shelter for its members to survive autonomously for a period of one year requires tremendous effort and planning, obviously, and it outfits each shelter with all of the food, fuel, materials, supplies, furnishings, fixtures, and equipment needed for the long-term underground survival of each member. But who's in control of those resources? Does the cost of admission get you in there? I mean, part of the advertisement was that it's not just for the 1%, it's, it's for everyone. They store a large amount of materials and supply. This website, by the way, if you want to check it out, is www.terravivos.com. All right, prophecies. We don't need to read the prophecies. They're just trying to scare people in the prophecies. They have a video down there on prophecies also, a bunch of shit exploding. The threats we face, it's time to prepare. It is time to be prepared, there's no doubt, but I, I don't know that how much I trust this little operation right here. Then they have a timeline of events. I guess maybe a little Nostradamus shit in there. The network this is where they are all over the world. Currently, there's three of them in the U.S. And they're expanding. Shelters. This is some of those images we showed you earlier. The complexes. The pricing. This is what it, This is the, the key point that you want to know here. Where will you go with three days' notice? Hmm, interesting. I don't know. I do not know. Vivos shelters are priced to be as affordable as possible. Scroll down here. So Vivos, Indiana, can feed, 80 people can fit in there. $35,000 per person. Can you imagine if, you know, you got, what, uh, 70, 105, $140,000. That's all you got, but you got five family members. <laughs> Who's getting left out? Look, we're taking your you, but just your DNA. You're going to have to stay outside. That's going to be one person. I mean, they got to have a cutoff somewhere with a $35,000 price tag. But they do say significant discounts available for key skills. Key skills. Interesting. And then you have the Vivo's Point, which is must be a little bit more luxurious because it's $55,000 per private bunker. Oh, that's just per private bunker. That's up to 24 a bunker. 
So that that you know that's actually a little bit more affordable right there. And then the uh, private apartments and suites available. They do not have a price right there because they're not accepting anybody. And those are the only price points we have right there. So with that said, I want to show you the the dude. Where's the manager guy? Life Assurance Network. Am I missing something here? I thought, where's that guy? The, the guy in charge of all this is one dude. It's just one dude. Hold on, maybe I have it over here. Uh, private DNA storage. You know, I don't know where that About Us page went, but this is billionaire guy who looks like he's trying to collect everybody's DNA to me. Oh, shit. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know why this thing isn't scrolling. It's down here, but it's not scrolling for some reason. What the F? Here. Oh, there it is right there. So there's DNA Vault. The backup plan for humanity. Again, look, it's that vault. It's like a very safe vault. And they do a bunch of shit. They tell you why you need to put it in there. All that bullshit. And, yeah, we get it. We get all your DNA collected. He's, it's just all about being Noah's Ark. And even if you can't afford us, you need to make sure you continue to let your DNA live. I don't know that I trust the guy, though. Uh, what the F, dude? Contact us. Can't really contact him. Probably not going to get a very good response. But here's the management team. It's that guy. Manage, it says management team. I just clicked on a button that says, oh, it just says management. Oh, no, the Vivos management team. And then there's a picture of one billionaire. <laughs> I am the Vivos management team. All right. Don't be left out. Now, applying for membership. Now, who gets in and who gets left out? What are the skills they're looking for? Here we go. All right. So they want people. It says here that. Damn it. Membership is totally free. Membership to the website is totally free. All right, <laughs> not membership to the bunker. And you must first apply using the simple application form that provides you with the basic information of who you are, your contact info, the size of your group, your combined skill sets, or your expertise, and insight regarding why you want are seeking to why you're seeking to survive. I don't know. I'm human. I want to live. What's next? Then Vivo selects the best candidates for each Vivo shelter from our current pool of active members. We first look for those individuals who may best contribute their skills and expertise to each shelter community, thereby providing the greatest chance of long-term survival of the entire group. Each candidate will be reviewed based on a number of criteria. Number one, breast size. Wait, excuse me, that's not. That's just me projecting what I assume this billionaire will have on his list. Once your application is received, one of our members of the Vivos selection team will review it, and if they determine you are a worthy candidate, We'll contact you by email and request to schedule a convenient time that you may privately talk by phone. Hmm. I wonder who that person will be that calls you. We handle each application personally. None of the application processes are automated or done by robots. Literally, a human will be communicating directly with you one-on-one. -on -one. It's important that you respond to their email in a timely manner and follow through on the final step for membership approval. During the conversation, they will answer all of your immediate questions about Vivos and how we may be able to accommodate you and your family group in a Vivo shelter. You will find this conversation to be very informative, welcoming, and supportive. 
I would probably add in, that is unless you are not worthy of being in the Vivo, Vivo's bunker. And, oh man, I should have read the privacy policy. I'm going to save that for another show. I bet that's where all the weird DNA shit comes in. To personalize your experience, your information helps us better. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of invasive shit there. So, as member candidates that are approved, they are then provided an invitation to secure the space in a Vivo shelter. I wonder what happens if you turn it down. If you say, thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to go stay in my buddy's shipping container up in Tennessee. All right, continue to membership guide. First name, all that shit, age. So everybody's going to lie. Everybody is going to lie who really wants to get into this. Like, so look at the skills and expertise they have here. You know what I'm not seeing on here? Not seeing podcaster, definitely. Not seeing television personality. Not seeing YouTuber. Not seeing TikToker. Not even seeing doctor. It says skills and expertise. Check each professional area field that you have expertise in or are a good or good working knowledge of. And then that's it. That's all. You just have to list that. So this is, we want you to lie to us on this document. And so what do they have on there? Accountant, administrator, agriculture, architecture, artist, artist. All right. Yeah. Was well, that like painter or like, is that the, the entertainer, the bullshitter? Architect. I already said that one. Automotive. Aviation. Aviation? I guess pilots. I don't know. What, what do pilots do in, in the bunker? Maybe they're saving them for afterwards? A beautician. So there you go. Work on your beautician. Biotech, chemist, communications, contractor, dentist. I guess communications would be like podcaster. Dentist, EMT, educator, electrician, electronics. Energy, engineer, executive, farmer, financial, fireman, fisherman, government, HVAC, healthcare, hospitality, hunter, law enforcement, lawyer, martial artist, mechanic, military, musician, nurse aide, pharmacist, physician, plumber, programmer, psychologist. They're going to have a, a psychologist in there. Religion. Hmm. Restaurant. I guess that's like restaurant skills. Scientist. I am scientist. It's kind of broad. Seamstress, security, skilled laborer, survivalist, therapist. Did we already do psychologist or is that like a physical therapist? They're not even specific enough on their questions here. Transportation and veterinarian. So they're going to have dogs and animals down there because it is the Noah's Ark of the future. And they say, please explain in detail why you would like to be considered for the Vivo space and tell us what expertise you have and how you will be a benefit to a Vivo shelter community. This information will assist in processing your application for our commune. So there you go. I'm going to read through those terms and services. That's probably actually the most interesting part of it. I just thought that was interesting. There's others, other of these shelters like this that have popped up. And I, I have a feeling that they probably all ask for your DNA. And they, which, by the way, you have to pay $35 to give them your DNA. You can't just give it. They, they want to make sure to create the Noah's Ark of humanity so bad that they're only charging you $35 to jab yourself and put a speck of your blood on there. You would think they did. Noah was Noah like, nope, uh, 
unicorns, you're going to have to pay that $35 fee or you're not coming on this ship. Is that why we don't, is that why there's some of these mythical beings that we have never seen because they didn't pay the entry fee for their blood? Okay, don't be left out. Yeah, check that out. That stuff's interesting. One more thing, and then we're going to get out of here. I covered a story last week about this woman who, not this woman, this guy, who hit a gun in his ass and got arrested, and he had a gun in his ass. His butt was squinched up and got probed, and they found the gun in his ass. And now I have a story for you about a woman who shot herself with a gun in her ass. She didn't have the firearm hidden up her backside when the accidental discharge happened. She was merely carrying it on her person when she stepped into an MRI machine to get a scan. A lot of magnets in those MRI machines, and the incident report says that the woman was brought into the magnet room with a concealed handgun. And during the process of entering the bore, the handgun was attracted to the magnet and fired a single round into the ass, leaving the patient with a wound right in the right buttocks area. Now, it was a superficial wound, in and out. I got to say, by the way, she got past the metal detectors. It did not... Like She walked through with her gun and was like, I guess it's cool. The metal detectors aren't bothered by it. The MRI machine... Might not be either. You take your earrings off, metal, take it off before you go in an MRI machine, and do not come armed unless, you know, I, I don't know what part of the country this is in, okay? Like, there's some places that you just don't know if you can go into an MRI machine without a weapon. I mean, that's the last thing you want to happen is to be getting an MRI scan, and all of a sudden, someone jumps in and you get mugged. You never know in some parts of town. I mean, some of these hospitals, like Grady does a lot of good things, but man, oh man, the lobby at Grady Hospital. I, I don't know if you want to go in there without a weapon on your person. It's like walking dead in there. It's kind of a crazy place. Nothing against the hospital. They do good work, I think. Although I know somebody who claims that they got like, <laughs> I think this person's just a, uh, a little bit crazy, but says that he got experimented on while there, although I don't believe him. I'm not saying that they don't experiment on people at some hospital somewhere. I'm saying I don't believe this person. Anyway, this is probably the only woman in the country who can say, or the planet actually, that she has been shot inside an MRI machine. How'd your MRI go today? I got shot. Definitely a story. I'm glad she's okay. And we'll see what story comes up later this week with uh, a gun in someone's backside. I'm going to wrap up the show right there. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day.